0: Amen. To the book of Philippians this morning, the fourth chapter. The pastor wants to go there today if you'll rise for the reading of the word. Amen. Philippians to the church of Philippi, Paul was writing in the fourth chapter. Amen. Philippians, the fourth chapter, verse four. Philippians chapter four, verse four. It says, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say, Rejoice. Whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. Everybody say, think on good things. Those things which you have learned, both learned and received and heard and seen in me do. Everybody say, example. And the God of peace shall be with you. But I rejoiced in the Lord greatly. Everybody say, rejoice greatly. That now at last your care of me hath flourished again. If I say again, wherein you were also careful, but ye lacked opportunity. Now that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am, therewith to be content. I know both how to be abased, and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things I am instructed. If I say instructed, Everybody says, I need an instructor. I know in all things I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need, and I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. I'd like to go to the book of Romans this morning, the 12th chapter, verse 2, and read with me today, please. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. That's Romans the 12th chapter and verse 2. He also says in Romans 12 and 1, he said, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable, I say reasonable, service. Master, I love you today, and I want to thank you once again for allowing the privilege of us to come together into this place of worship. I ask you to look down upon us this day, God, and you see the needs of every individual. You see the desire and the hunger of these that are here today, God. You see what they need in their life. ask you to touch them right now in the name of Jesus, and we give you glory in your lovely name. And everybody say amen. Amen. I would like to minister today on this sub- subject a transformed mind. A transformed mind. You see, the secret of a transformed life is found in keeping your mind on the good and the righteous things of God. We do live in a society, in a world where people feel that it's most Necessary in their life to focus on their self and themselves only. And they focus upon their abilities and their talents that God has given them. But again, let me repeat myself this morning. The secret of a transformed life is found in keeping your mind on the good and the righteous things of God. One writer wrote this. He said, our culture puts emphasis on feelings but the New Testament puts emphasis on thinking. Are you with me? Our conversion powerfully transformed how we think. People conformed to this world often become mired in the mental ruts, incapable of thinking outside certain boxes, lacking in spiritual imagination. I do believe that the church needs some spiritual imagination. I do believe the church needs to imagine things happening in their mind. I don't think there's a better time than right now for the church to begin to imagine revival in your own self and in your own spirit and in your own community and in your own house. I believe it's important that you visualize what God can do in your life and what God is going to do in your life. Are you with me right now? There's been times that I would daydream. I would sit on the, Fred, sit on the pew at church. I would sit in my car driving down the road. And I could begin to imagine what God could do in my life as a minister and just as an individual. And as I began to imagine these things, God would speak to my spirit and let me know that if I would just open up my heart to him and open up my spirit to him and submit myself to his ways, that all these things that I was only dreaming about could come to pass in my life. Are you with pastor right now? Can we give the Lord a hand praise? When we encounter God's love in Christ, he begins to remake our minds he begins to reshape our assumptions, begins to renew basic decision-making that we have in our life. I call that biblical formation, a process of mental transformation to a new world of possibilities in our life. You see, to think as a Christian, we must see ourselves through new lens. In other words, we need to look through the eyes of God upon ourselves and get God's perspective upon our life. So when we talk about a mental transformation of a believer, it will change our world view. I want to thank you brother Teddy for bringing up the world today. So I won't go that direction. But in our unregenerate state of mind, a person can only interpret life through a temporal, fleeting perception of events. It makes a great difference to have the Holy Ghost in your life. If you haven't been born again of the water and of the Spirit, you need the Holy Ghost in operation because the Holy Ghost gives you the power to overcome. Everybody say the Holy Ghost. And when you have the power of the Holy Ghost operating in your life, you're able to cultivate a life of peace. You're able to cultivate a life of contentment. You're able to cultivate a life of gentleness. And a positive appreciation of life itself. When we get caught up in our carnal minds. And we get caught up in our carnality. We can't think of the right way to live in this life. When I get carnal about myself. I don't even desire to live. Are you hearing Pastor right now? I want to maintain my spirituality with Him. Because if I can live in the Spirit of God. Then I can receive from God. And do the will of God in my life. And be progressive in the kingdom of God. If I'm not going to be progressive in the kingdom of God, I am of no use in this kingdom. Oh, are you with me right now? So how are we being progressive? We're being progressive by transforming our mind, transforming our thinking process, and looking through God's lenses upon us and realizing that we need to do what God desires for us to do in our life, and that's to be a soul winner in the kingdom of God. Can we give him a hand praise? when we begin to look at ourselves through the lens of God. No longer will we fall victim to fear and fall victim to anxiety that's created by a world of chaos around us. We will find the joy of God in our life when we surround ourselves with the power of God operating within us and on the outside of us. There's no need to fear because the world is fearing. And I'm not of this world, but I'm just a sojourner in this world. Are you with me right now? So when we are able to focus on the wonderful things of God and focus on the wonderful things of His church, then we're able to manage a transformed mind. Are you with, Pastor? Somebody say amen. You see, living a transformed mind will produce a love for God in your life that you can rejoice You can celebrate in the presence of the Lord. You can be gentle and not be anxious. You can pray with thanksgiving instead of praying with bitterness. You can allow the peace of God to sustain you because if you do, it will keep your heart and keep your mind positive toward God. It will create positive thoughts and positive actions in your life, and it will give you a light of contentment, a life of contentment, and a life of accomplishment. I don't know of one individual in this place that doesn't want to accomplish something in God in your life. You wouldn't be here today if you didn't want to accomplish something spiritually in your life. And I'm so thankful that you've come to this place and allow me to minister to you as your pastor and let you know that if you was only surrender your spirit to God, That God will do something great and mighty and wonderful in your life. But it's going to take you surrendering yourself to God. And looking at yourself through the lens that God looks at you with. And realizing that you're nothing but flesh. And that your righteousness is filthy rags. And you need to submit yourself to God. And let Him do something powerful in your life today. Perhaps more than ever, people's hearts are failing them for fear. They do hear the frightening news reports about all those things coming to take place on earth. So they're unsettled in their mind and they're pierced in their hearts and in the midst of distressing times as, as a celestial and earthly signs clearly point to a not so distant end. The people of God need to look up. Everybody say look up. In the midst of all your trials and all the challenges of life you need to look up because the Bible says look up. Lift up your heads and look because your redemption Draweth nigh while the chaos whirls around us. How can we accomplish this time of peace? How can we accomplish this time of transformation of mindset? So rather than focusing on the alarming news developments which cultivate fear and anxiety, God desires that we concentrate on cultivating a right. Everybody say right. Come on with me. A cultivating a right relationship with him so that we may be accounted worthy to escape all these things that shall come to pass and stand before the Son of Man. That's in Luke the 21st, chapter, verse 36. Our attention must be centered on maintaining a heart, maintaining a mind, and maintaining a lifestyle that pleases God while the world offers its peace, while it offers its safety. And at best, it grants only a false sense of security. And you read about it in First Thessalonians 5 and 3. You see, the world also attempts to force us into this certain worldly mode. But we must refuse and resist the efforts of the world to force us into this mode. We must fight back with our mindset. We must have a transformed mind that is not changed. But with a transformed mind, we can focus on the things of God... And we can enjoy the true peace. We can enjoy the true assurance that only God can supply us through the presence and the power of the Holy Ghost. You see, God originally designed humanity to experience the peace of God. In the very beginning, in the setting of the Garden of Eden, you find Adam and Eve in a beautiful place, a peaceful place. They lived in harmony with each other. There was no backbiting, there was no bickering, there was no... Family discussions that got out of hand. Adam and Eve lived in harmony. And they lived in harmony not only with themselves but with God because they was in the presence of God and they knew nothing else. When you don't know anything else but God, what a peaceful life you can live in. But you see what happened, the fall shattered the peace. The pair soon experienced fear and separation from God as well as disharmony with each other. When sin comes into your life, it's going to bring a shattering of the peace and it's going to bring anxiety to your life and and frustrations that are unbearable in your life and, and you're going to find disharmony in everything that you try to do. It's not going to be where it needs to be. But when you put your mindset in the mindset of God that God will bring it all back together and He will give you an assurance that you live in Him and with Him and with Him all things are possible. See, God lived true to his word when he expelled Adam and Eve from the tranquility of the garden. And they began a new life, a new chapter in their life. A chapter of sorrow and a chapter of toil and a chapter of pain. A chapter of anxious, anxious thoughts that trouble their mind about what could the future hold. When we think about only what the future has to hold, we're in trouble And all that we have to worry about is what the future holds. We're in trouble. The Bible doesn't say that yesterday was the day of salvation. And it doesn't say that tomorrow is the day of salvation. But it says today is the day of salvation. Are you with, Pastor, right now? The most important day in your life is right now. Not tomorrow, but right now. You can't plan for your future. You have to plan for today, what's going to happen today in your life. Because there may not be a tomorrow in your life. I plan for this day. That's the reason I do everything in my power to find my way to a church and find my way to an auditorium to a place that I can be ministered to that I can minister in that I can have a moving of the Holy Ghost in my life because I need to feel the presence of God all the time in my spirit. And when I don't feel the presence of God and I don't feel the anointing of God in my life something transpires in my thought pattern and I get carnal in my ways. Part of it to maintain the transformity of your mind. You see, it was in Paul's writings that he believed that Jesus Christ could reverse the human climate of fear and worry, because he realized that a mind that was transformed by Jesus Christ would bring peace, would bring security, and would bring freedom from troubling and anxious thoughts that we may have. That's why he said rejoice in the Lord. Because rejoicing in the Lord elevates our minds above other circumstances. Did you hear the pastor? I said rejoicing elevates your mind above your circumstances. Have you ever wondered why the psalmist David wrote when I feel the Holy Ghost Have you ever wondered why the psalmist David wrote, enter into his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise? Because what he was emphasizing was, is that we need to put God ahead of everything in our life because there's not a circumstance, there's not a situation in your life that's more important than God in your life. Are you hearing me right now? And if we could only look above our problems by rejoicing in the Lord and focusing our minds on Him, we could get into that la-la land with Jesus Christ, and that's what I need. I need a good old infilling of the Holy Ghost in my life on a daily basis that will elevate me above all the circumstances of life that I face because I need a moving of the Holy Ghost in my carnal life. This humanity needs a move of the Holy Ghost in it. Because if I don't live in the spirit realm, and if I don't live in the Holy Ghost and I'm not guided by His Spirit, I find myself feeling aggravation and frustration in areas that I shouldn't. Or maybe I should as a human. But it doesn't justify me to do these things. So I had to come down here this morning at 8 o'clock, walked into this auditorium and I could feel this Heaviness in my spirit. I could feel the heaviness of... Just really, I could have stayed in bed this morning. And so it seems with some of you that you could have stayed in bed this morning. It would have been easy to stay at home and not do anything today. It would have been easy for the preacher to stay at home and curl up in my bed and call in and say, hey, pastor's not feeling real good today. Somebody else needs to preach for me today. But you see... There was something else that propelled me at 8 o'clock this morning, Brother Matt, to come over to the auditorium. There was something way down deep in my spirit that began to speak against my carnality and my humanity. And it was the Spirit of God that moved into my presence and it moved into my spirit and it began to saturate me in all my carnal desires. And it was along that after I come into this place and I put the music on and I began to worship the Lord and I began to give Him praise, everything else seemed to be very small compared to what the presence of the Lord was. And if I can only get into the presence of the Lord, everything else is going to take care of itself because if I can just get into His presence, there's not an arrow that's going to fly against me and hurt me. There's not a pestilence that's going to come against me or hurt me when I'm in the presence of the Lord because I abide under the shadow of the wings of the Almighty. Are you with me right now? Paul, throughout his writings to the Philippians, spoke repeatedly of rejoicing as well as his own rejoicing. Please understand, Pastor, today, to maintain a transformed mind, the joy factor must be present. I said, the joy factor must be present. And when we have joy in our life, the joy of the Lord brings about a gentle spirit. Now, you listen to the pastor. I'm I'm taking you a little deep this morning. It produces a gentle spirit. In Philippians 4, verse 5, Paul moved on to the second exhortation when he said, Have a gentle spirit and let it be known unto all men. In other words, he talked about moderation. You see, the transformed minds of believers should produce gentleness, which is a virtue that reflects a Christ-like nature. Paul didn't just exhort to the church, but he exhorted to the young co-workers or young ministers that was about him when he said, To Timothy and to Titus, he said, Be gentle. Be gentle in your approach and be kind. He reminded them that when he and Silas had first arrived in their city, he said, We were gentle among you, even as a nurse cherisheth her children. And when we get the Spirit of the God operating in us and we have a transformed mind, we won't be so anxious about things. You know what anxious means? It means anxiety. Is anybody, you don't have to raise your hand, does anybody here have anxiety today? I know you do, because some of you have told me you've had some anxiety. You see, anxiety or anxiousness is a hallmark of our age. It is a debilitating mindset in which our thoughts are overcome by the fears of what might or might not happen. You know what Paul said about it? Philippians 4 and 6, he wrote that they should be anxious for nothing. There's no reason to have anxiety in your life. And, and so many times as saints of God, we, we, we lose out because we have anxiety operating in our life. And we can't do the will of God in our life because of the anxiety, because we are afraid what might be coming on or what might happen in our life, and it's not even happened yet. I call that worry warts. Is there any worry warts in here? I know you are. I found myself in that same position when I get spiritually weak. But we should not allow any circumstance, no matter how serious, no matter how troubling, we should not allow any of these things to paralyze our minds with fear and worry. For Jesus taught us that we should not be overcome with anxiety over the necessities of life. Because he said he knows all of our needs before we even ask of him. Are you with pastor right now? So rather than permitting our minds to be overcome with the cares of this life. In everything and in all situations that might cause us to worry or fear. We make known our request to God. And he honors it. The psalmist David said I cried unto the Lord and and he heard me. Instead of burdening our minds with worries, we should turn our worries over to Him, Him that feeds the birds and clothes the grass. When He said, Cast all your care upon Him, for He careth for you. I want to tell you today that God does care for you. He doesn't care who you are today. He doesn't care what background you come out of today. He doesn't care what your home looks like today. The only thing He cares about is you as an individual today. And He said, cast all your cares upon me. Don't come to me worrying. Don't come to me fretting. Don't come to me with you with all the anxiety. But put your faith and trust in me and take it, my yoke upon you and learn of me because my yoke is easy and my burdens are light. Because what happens is, is that the worries and the anxieties of life weigh us down when we should be handing them to God. And if we'll hand them to God and we'll put our praise and rejoicing first, the worries will dissipate. For we know that He can deal with them forever better than we can. The reason that some people fail God Fail God in their walk with God is because they try to live their life on their own accord and they try to manage their own situation without God being in it. Are you with me? Let me tell you something. God desires to have a peace or see a peace in every one of our hearts. Because Isaiah 9 and 6 tells us that He is the Prince of Peace. Are you with me? He provides peace that surpasses explanation. In other words, He provides a peace that passeth all understanding. And it was during His farewell discourse, when Jesus announced His imminent departure, He told His disciples, He said this in John 14 and 27, He told them, He said, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, not as this world giveth, Give I unto you, let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Just before Jesus left here, He was planting in their mind and in their spirit A peace that passeth all understanding. That's why he told him, when you go to the upper room, you go there and dwell until you be endued with power from on high. And when you get the power of the Holy Ghost operating in your life and the power of the Holy Ghost moving in your presence and the power of the Holy Ghost operating in your speech and your walk with God and the way you talk and see things and everything else is going to be all right, you then will have a transformed mind. Jesus still offers the peace to the troubled and and anxious people of this day. Paul told the Philippian church to seek God's face when they experience anxiety. He let them know in Philippians 4 and 7 that once anxiety vacated their lives, a wonderful thing would happen. And that was that God's peace would move into their lives. How many of you are tired of worrying? How many of you are tired of anxiousness and anxiety in your life? Let me tell you something. God offers peace as a substitute for your worry. I said God offers you peace as a substitute for your worry. Whenever we experience that anxiety, we can give our cares and concerns to Him. In return, encounter the Prince of Peace in our life. We all need the Prince of Peace operating in our life. And when the Holy Ghost comes upon us, and when we have a transformed mind, it will give us a desire to keep our heart. Are you hearing, Pastor? I keep saying that because I know this is a slow day for a lot of us, and we have that laid-back feeling this morning. But I want you to hear, Pastor, as I tell you, because this is good stuff. This is things you need to understand. Are you with me? When you have the peace that passeth all understanding, and when you have the mindset of God in your life, then you will be able to keep heart. In other words, he said this in Proverbs 4.23, And take heed to yourself. Lest at any time your hearts be overcharged with surfeiting and drunkenness and cares of this life. And so that that day may come upon you unawares. That's the word, y'all. The state of your hearts is extremely important. For in them lie the center of all of our beings and all of our actions. That's why Proverbs also wrote... Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. The way to the heart is through the mind. There's an old saying that I've learned when I was a small boy. My dad was a professional boxer and he always taught me. He said... Son, it doesn't make any difference how big your opponent is or how small they may be. If you will focus on the head, you can kill the body. He said, because when you kill the head, the body's going to die. Are you with me? So we must live with a transformed mind before we can live with a transformed heart. Because out of your heart proceedeth all types of wickedness, misunderstandings, and judgments. Why? Because we're carnal and the mind's got to feed the heart with the right stuff and the right things. And so when we keep our mind right, then we're able to keep our heart right and keep our spirit right. Because if we have the right spirit, we have the peace of God in our life. And there should not be fear there. There should not be anxiety there. The only time we should have fear and anxiety in our life is when we haven't given God our mind. But Keep in mind this. You can't live for God and live for the world at the same time. You can't say, I'm transformed today, and you're not transformed tomorrow. Let me tell you something. Here's what James said about having a double mind. He said, a double-minded man, which includes women, is unstable in all their ways. You see, the gift of a peaceful mind is given to those who focus on and trust in the Lord. Isaiah said it in Isaiah 26 and 3, Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusteth in thee. Is there anybody in the house right now that can trust in God? If you can, clap your hands to the Lord. Is there anybody in the house that's, got some challenges in your life right now and you need a move of the Holy Ghost, clap your hands to the Lord. I want to tell you today, we can't allow these things of the world to come into our mindset and destroy our hearts against God. But we must maintain a transformed mind in the Spirit of God. We must maintain a transformed mind so that we can be a soul winner in the Kingdom of God. Not only that others can be saved, but that we ourselves can be saved. Paul was so strong in his writings that he admonished the Philippians to reconstruct their thinking patterns. Matter of fact, he used the scripture to outline all the kinds of things they should employ in their thoughts in order to resist the sway of worldly thinking. You know why we need a transform mind? Because a carnal mind will produce perverse thoughts. We need the ability to reject the pervasive influence of worldly thinking through an experienced, transformed mind. And I read it in the very beginning. Paul taught the Philippians to shun evil by concentrating on things that were good, things that were righteous, and things that were edifying. When you start thinking about true things, when you start thinking about honest things, when you start thinking about just things, when you start thinking about pure things, when you start thinking about lovely things and good things, they all counteract the unsavory elements of this world. Are you with me? You know what the world produces? False, dishonest, unjust, impure, unlovely, and a bad report. God's Spirit is always exact opposite of the world and if individuals are not sure whether something is worth thinking about Paul made the criteria clear when he said they should preoccupy their minds with virtuous and praiseworthy things how many of you have faced some challenges this week and you tried to handle them on your own and you Felt the frustrations of the world upon you and you you even acted a little bit out of hand. I say this and I say this again. One of the greatest things you can do in your moments of frustrations, in your moments of weakness and confusion, because God's not the author of confusion, is to keep your mind on Him And the quickest way that I know how to do that, Brother Matt, is sing unto the Lord. When you get all flustered and you don't know what else to do, sing unto the Lord. Sing it. You may not be able to sing it as beautiful as these ladies did, but you can sing it. Celebrate in the presence of the Lord. He is worthy to be praised. Celebrate in the presence of the Lord. He is worthy to be praised. Rejoice in the Lord. When we begin to do right things in the midst of wrong things, truth will always stand. And by having a transformed mind and by doing the right things in your life, it will create in you positive actions. Everybody say positive. When you start reading the writings of Paul, you'll find that Paul endorsed a life of imitation. In other words, he challenged the Philippians to emulate his godly character and follow the traditions that he taught them. He said as long as he followed Christ for them to do that. And he often throughout the scriptures admonished the churches to follow his example. They were not simply to think right thoughts or his thoughts, but they had to think their own thoughts. And sometimes people can't understand the way you present things, but they understand the example that you live. They may not understand the Word of God and the way you present it, but one thing they will understand is your lifestyle and your walk with God. That's why the old saying fits this morning. The only Bible some people read is you. Are you with me? I put this on Facebook this week. Being an example is not the main thing in influencing others. It's the only thing. You can speak it you can say it, but if you don't walk it and talk it and live it. If you don't walk it and talk it and live it, then the words that you speak are of non-influence to the person that you've spoken to. Because there's an old saying that one writer, I think it was Zig Ziglar said, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And when you have the power of God operating in your mind and you live living and walking with God with a transformed mind, then the transformed mind speaks to the heart and the heart speaketh good things. And it does good things. And the desire is of good things. When we have the God operating in our life and we're being the example that we need to be, we find a life of contentment through whatever circumstance we face, whatever danger we face. That's what Paul said when he found himself in imminent danger. He said, I know both how to be abased and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to need to to suffer need. He said, but I learned to take on the mind of Christ, a mind that is dedicated to be humbled and obedient in the service to God. You see, serving Jesus Christ is not about getting, but it's about giving. Are you with me? I said it's not about getting, it's about giving. And it's time that the world and the church comes to an understanding that we will never have a life of influence until we learn how to Give instead of get. And if we get a whole lot, we need to give a whole lot. Because to whom much is given, much is required. And a transformed mind will follow after the Word of God and submit itself to the Word of God and give unto the Word of God and give unto the kingdom of God in greater abundance than ever before because greater is given to them. But them that receive little, gives little. Them that receives lots, gives lots. However much is given to you, you give all you can give because that little bit that you don't seem like the whole much maybe everything that that person has that they can give. It may be just two copper pennies that's put into the plate and that's all they got. But it's a whole lot more than the others give when they came walking by and put it in the treasury. I'm not talking about giving... In the financial end of it all the way, but I'm talking about this morning, giving yourself into the kingdom of God. If God has given you the talents and God's given you the abilities, then you use them in His kingdom and you use them with the influence and the power of the Holy Ghost through a transformed mind. And if God can... If you will only allow God to take you down the steps and, and take you down the walkway of life and, 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 let, and you follow in His Spirit and you submit yourself to His Spirit, there's some great things that will happen to you that may not pay off big dividends in this world, but they pay big dividends in the other world. I want to tell you that this world's not getting any better, it's becoming increasingly wicked. As Paul wrote to Timothy in 2 Timothy 3 and 13 when he said, Evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. It's a mindset shaped by this evil world that robs the believer of their peace and of their godliness and of their effectiveness for Christ. It's now more than ever that we must resist the world's pull and resist the influence of the world on our thinking. And we should concentrate Consecrate ourselves toward God and concentrate on the good things, such as the scripture which says, wise unto salvation, and live a scripture that is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that a man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. So, how do we build our faith? We build our faith in God by praying. And when we pray, We pray for a renewing of our minds so that we may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God in our life. In other words, we have a transformed mind. And when we have a transformed mind, we can experience a positive, fulfilling life of peace with assurance and accomplishment. I don't know how many of you sitting here today wants to further your walk with God. How many wants to walk into a deeper walk with God? But today's a day that you can come and give yourself to God and submit your mindset to God and say, God, this is not about me. This is all about you. And God, I come here today because I have needs in my life and I need a a renewing of my mind. I need a transformation of my mindset. God, I need you in my life more than ever before. God, I've got to have you in my life today. It's not about tomorrow, God. It's about today. It's all about today. You know what I love about God? God don't take his belt off and take it off and whip me with it to make me line up. But he allows me to do it by choice. When I do it by choice, I receive a transformed mind. I don't get brainwashed, but I get a transformed mind. I get a renewing of my mind and my spirit. So I'm here today to tell you that if you love God and you desire to have more from God, then the way to God is through giving yourself to Him in prayer and in supplication. So what is it that you need today? as a church body, as an individual, what is it that you need? What is your mindset today? What's the old saying? The greatest battlefield in the world sets between your shoulder blades. How do you overcome it? Simply by submitting to God in His Spirit. Do that at an old-fashioned altar, an altar in your life, that in your weakness, he becomes your strength. You bow your knee and you commit to him. And when you walk out of this place, you leave it with him and you don't take it with you no more. People say, I can't do that, Pastor. I'm not able to make it, Pastor. I can't accomplish that in my life, Pastor. Oh, yes, you can. I said you can if you desire to have a transformed mind it can all change right here at an altar in your life can we stand how many has an altar in your life today how many has an altar in your life It's no wonder that Paul in his mindset, going through the things he went through in life and even to death, he talked about rejoice, rejoice, rejoice. You know why he was always able to rejoice? Because he said, I learned to die daily. I learned to come to an old-fashioned altar in my life. Submit my will to His. Give it to Him. Does your mind hurt? Yes. Does your spirit hurt? Yes. And you give it to Him. Everything else fails, but He don't fail. And you see, you you will never understand that until you try it. You'll never understand freedom until you turn it loose to Him. never understand it. So what is